0: first was finally a success. After a horrible, horrible season, the Canadians actually get the first overall pick. We get something to celebrate, Dustin. How exciting. So we're going to talk about that, of course. We're going to talk about just the whole season in review. Were there good parts? There were many bad parts. We'll talk about uh, those too. And uh, also, I mean, sure, the Canadians aren't playing, but the rocket with a very exciting i'm assuming exciting no one could really watch it unfortunately uh but a very exciting uh comeback uh to uh to make it past the the first round so we'll talk about all that but i think uh on top of everyone's mind these days and all over Habs twitter it's it's the first overall pick which which i was hoping once we get the first overall pick we could just relax for two months but of course that's not what's happening so much drama around who they should pick. I thought it was consensus, Shane, right. What's going on, Dustin?
1: Man, like uh, there's been just so like, I don't I don't know if I remember seeing a for, well, obviously I mean the Canadians haven't picked first overall since we've been born, but uh, I don't remember a first overall pick, or at least a guy that was supposed to be the consensus number one pick be like picked apart so much. Like it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, I mean, like he got sure he got off to a bit of a slow start this season. But, you know, I mean, the last like basically the last couple of months, I mean, he's he's absolutely earned that number one spot. Um, I don't know for me, like I, I just don't see it. I mean, sure. You know, some of the other guys like uh, Yuri Slavkovsky, Logan Cooley, Simon Nemec, uh, David Juracek. I mean, all would be awesome picks, but. With the number one pick, I mean, it should absolutely be a slam dunk. So, I mean, don't listen to Grant McKaig. It's going to be Shane Wright.
0: (laughs) But, like, we've seen this before. It's not the first time. Like, I remember way back when uh, Ben Sanekevedi was drafted first overall. Some people were talking about, oh, should David Leguan be picked before him? Or more recently, like, should Jack Eichel be picked first? Like, like every year, it's like if there's a consensus, they do tend to try to make a little bit of of, of drama. but. One thing, first of all, I feel like usually the the kind of fabricated fake kind of like drama usually happens way closer to the draft. Like you don't start hearing about it like two months in advance like it's happening right now. And and also, like you said, it just seems to be like way more kind of aggressive this time. Like maybe it's just a situation of A, it's the Habs, so we're paying closer attention. Or B, it's the Habs, so just the reality of the Habs is that people have like stronger opinions, whether it's because within the fan base or anyone outside the fan base tends to to hate on the Habs. But then at the same time, when when the Leafs got the pick for Matthews, like no one were, and, and I know I know Shane Wright's not like an Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid right out of the gate kind of kind of kind of pick, but I don't know, like I I really really don't get, it. and I feel like no, like it. I feel like no one seems to be mentioning or caring that like the, all these players in this draft year lost uh, an extremely important year of, of progression. Like it, it, it's normal that I'm mean, not all players. Cause I, I guess not all leagues had their seasons canceled, but like Shane Wright's league had their season canceled for COVID like completely. And uh, of course, like, I'm assuming everyone in the OHL had a slow start to their season. You know what I mean. But I feel like no one's even like considering that. Like, it, it, does he not get a bit of a benefit of the doubt that his like 17 year old or 16 to 17 year old season he couldn't play hockey at all? Like, of of course it's gonna slow down his progress a little bit. You know.
1: No, of course. I mean, absolutely. It makes sense. Uh, you know, I mean, I've obviously played a big part in him getting off to a slow start, but, but like I said, I mean, okay, like I can understand, there were some current concerns at the beginning of the season, but over the last couple of months, really, since the beginning of 2022, he's, he's absolutely proved that he deserves to be in that spot. Um, you know, I mean, Logan Cooley and Slavkovsky, I mean, they've, they've had fantastic years, Um, that that have sort of you know they've put themselves into the conversation but you know like you said I mean basically every single season you know even when there is a consensus number one there's always talk you know come come draft time you know oh you know maybe he's not a slam dunk you know I remember even even back to like John Tavares where Mm -hmm. like for years he was a slam dunk number one pick and then right before the draft it was like oh maybe Victor Hedman maybe Matt Duchesne ends up going number one uh, you know, it, it, there's always going to be that talk. And especially now with the Canadians, I mean, you know, who, we all know how the Montreal media is too. And it's not just the Montreal media, but I mean, you know, they, they have to have something to talk about for the next month and a half, two months. Right. So yeah, you know, they're going to find any way to sell or, you know, to, to, to get clicks or to, to sell, uh you know, sell whatever they're they're trying to sell. So, you know, I, I, I really don't think uh, it's really, it, it, it's really up for debate in my opinion. Anyway, I mean, who knows what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are, t- are thinking. Oh, th- but.
0: Th- that's the thing. And like, of course there's going to be some scouts that like, like very rarely are you going to have a 100% consensus, right? Like maybe we're talking about a situation, even if it's like an 80% consensus of, of scouts, like I think it's, it should be Sheena, right? It's, it's a fairly large uh, uh, amount of people like, but we have no idea what, uh, what the Habs management is, is thinking right now. But for me, like honestly, Initially, I was almost not paying too much attention to Shane Wright. I was focusing my energy way more on the other players after Shane Wright because I was just kind of pr- mentally preparing myself to not getting the first overall pick. You know, I mean, statistically, it was more likely that we wouldn't get the first overall pick. So I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, uh, assume the worst and just be happy when when the best happens. But obviously, since the Canadians got it, now I've been much more interested in looking into Shane Wright. Wa- like watching, first of all. The, the absolute shot on this kid, like it's already an NHL level shot. i mean, the, the the my biggest concern with drafting Shane Wright is that him and Suzuki are gonna be fighting for that spot on the power play because he likes to shoot it exactly from the same spot as Nick Suzuki where where he gets all his power play goals, and that's a nice problem to have, you know. And, and like also, like there was that whole drama about the that that whole like quote that came out that he deserves to be picked first overall. like first of all, if you if you watch that whole interview, extremely pointed question that by by, by the interviewer and he, he's trying obviously to get a specific answer and first of all even though if you don't like this whole idea that like nhl players should just like be the most boring people and on the planet like i'm not, I'm not for that I'm, I'm all for a player having confidence and, and and wanting to be the best there's nothing against them also like i said it was a pointed question but i mean isn't it a good thing that the player wants to be the best, and and I, I love his attitude personally when I see his interviews and all that, and he's, he's just he, – he looks like the type of guy – the Montreal market, as we well know, is not an easy market to, to, to play for. And it's a market where you have to have a certain type of personality to thrive. And it's maybe something that, uh, some, for example, someone like Katkinyemi that didn't have. And maybe some, some, we, there's concerns that maybe it's something that a guy like Jonathan Drouin doesn't have, which is could, could explain a bit of his of, of his struggles in, in Montreal. Shane Wright seems to have it. Shane Wright seems to want to step into a situation where he can be the star and where, if anything, I, if he's on Twitter looking at all these people saying that he shouldn't go first overall, he seems like the type that it's lighting a fire under his ass. And if the Canadians do pick him, he's going to have something to prove. Like I I, honestly, the the more I read about this kid, the more I'm excited for the Habs to pick him. And I'll, I'll be very disappointed if, if it's not, not, that's not the the Habs pick uh, come draft day.
1: Absolutely. I mean that's what you want like it why would you want to draft somebody first overall that doesn't think they deserve that spot? Like who in their right mind would not like at this level does, wouldn't have that confidence. I'm sure if you ask Logan Cooley or Uriaslavkovsky the same thing, they would probably say the no, same it,
0: thing. No, but it's because people want those, that stupid non-answer that people always give, it's like, "Oh, I'm just happy to be here and I'm a boring hockey player, so I'm not gonna give my opinion." Like, wh- why do people celebrate that? That's boring. I want a personality, and and for him to, to come out and say that, I like it. Like, screw it, say how
1: how hyped you are to be there. I, I, I fucking love it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he definitely seems to show like he has that the, the right sort of sort of attitude and mindset and work ethic to to really make it work here in Montreal. He already said in one of the interviews that, uh, you know, he's planning on, uh, on brushing up on his French and learning, you know, at least a little bit. So all, already endearing himself here to the Montreal media. So that's a good sign. But I mean, you know, Man, there's so many good players here at the top of this draft, but at the end of the day, I mean, like, you can't pass up a chance on having Nick Suzuki and Shane Wright as your top two centers that's for the next, thing, you know, for the next 10, 15 years. Like, there's no way you can pass up on that.
0: And, and and even when I hear people criticizing Shane Wright, then they end their criticism by saying, like, he'll still be, like, a 75-point guy at least. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. I don't understand what the criticism is. (laughs) And like, obviously nothing is guaranteed. And if he does end up not being the best player in the draft, it wouldn't be the first time that the first overall pick isn't the best player in the draft. I mean, I'm pretty sure statistically more often than not, it's not necessarily the first player drafted who's the best player in the draft. You know, there's plenty of great players. And, but then that's just, you know, eh, hindsight is, uh, you know, you, you never know, but he seems like a sure bet is the main thing. Thing, that maybe he doesn't have the, the same crazy ceiling that a uh, Slavovsky has, but he doesn't have the same floor that he has either. Right. Like Shane Wright seems to be from, from what I've seen from, from what I've read and everything at worst, a kind of like top six, 60 point center. And at best, maybe he turns out to be like a top line, like 80 points, uh, like what point per game kind of player for in his prime and all that. And, That's that's what I want out of this first overall pick. It's not a pick where I want to swing for the fences. You know, I want to get that guy that is going to sure up the center position for the Montreal Canadiens with Nick Suzuki, like you said, for the next 10 years. Like this is exactly what we've asked for. For the last like 15, 20 since we've been Habs fans, like since they traded away all the top centers for no reason way back in the Pierre Turgeon days, you know, like we had Koivu, for a while, who who was fantastic. He never added any supporting cast, and then for for the longest time Placanic was the best center. But there was never no one behind him, and or anything like that, and just like like signing like random guys here and there to 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 to, to take their spot. I mean, last year wasn't so bad because like Daniel was had such a great season and all that. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just such a no brainer for me, I, I, and it, it just makes me nervous re- reading all these comments. But I'm just hoping that they, they go with they go with the the right pick. And but like let, let's let's say let, like make make an argument for not picking. Shane Wright let's say it can't be Shane Wright. let's say the Habs have the second overall pick Who, if it's not Shane Wright who's the next guy on your list
1: I mean I, I apparently they're really in love with Slavkovsky um, so you know there was. I mean it, it, again you never know but that's that's just sort of all the rumors that were out there but isn't um, that so, just
0: doesn't that just come from the fact that he's one of the players they named when they asked him but he is just an offhand comment that they named one other player that, that that's not like insider information you know
1: no, the you know it's not necessarily insider information or anything, but uh, you know they they've done a lot of scouting on him for sure at the at the juniors and at the Olympics, um and you know I th- I think he he would definitely be a fantastic addition as well. I mean again you know he probably has a bigger ceiling, uh than than Shane Wright, but again like you know he's he's a type of guy like his his floor too. You know who knows how he's really gonna translate into the NHL level. Um, you know, so if if it was a second overall pick, I mean, I'd say they, they'd probably go with him. Even though, like, I I'd, I'd love Logan Cooley as well. I mean, I Dude, think that, that
0: that's it'd... that's my thought. Like, cause I, I like I know you should draft best player available and all that, but you know, like, center is a whole different thing. Like, it's so huge to have that center's position like locked up with both Suzuki and and whoever. Like, whether it's Cooley or or Shane Wright. Like, like for me, you can't pass that up. You know.
1: No, exactly, exactly. And, and that's why, like, I, I think you know, Shane Wright has to be a slam dunk. Like again, I mean, you know, we, we've seen it a million times on Twitter, and I think we all know that he's not. A franchise type player. He's not going to be that that generational player. He's but here's here's the thing. Those are two
0: separate things. Like like I I agree, maybe not generational player, but I think he can still be a franchise player. Like like for example, like look at I've, I've been looking at stats of like centers over the years and all that. And a guy that sticks out to me that maybe we can. Look at him as having maybe comparables. Like people talk about Patrice Bergeron, but but what I was thinking is maybe a guy like Johnny Taves. You know, like Jonathan Taves never like lit the league on fire, but he was a very consistent point you know, point producer and, and 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 goal scorer, like 30 goals and like 60, 70 points and and in, in good years. But still was regarded as a franchise centerman for for for, for the for, for the. Team. So sure, he he's not he's not a Conor McDavid. Like we get that, but he can still be like. A number one franchise center i think for an nhl team especially an nhl team that also has nick suzuki that also has cole caulfield you know like i think he can fill that spot pretty easily
1: yeah i think Taves. yeah that's that's probably a pretty good comparable um yeah you know i mean he's solid solid 200 foot player he's a guy that can definitely you know potentially put up a solid amount of points um but yeah i mean i guess it depends on how you characterize a franchise player i mean i guess that I guess a franchise player is what like the top 30 player in the NFL. No, NHL? because like
0: to me, it it goes generational and then it's franchise. You know, I yeah. I guess if we're just playing with words here, but like you know, he he's maybe not on that top, but generational. Let let's let's be let's let's be like clear. There's maybe one or two generational players. You know, every generation you know like yeah. there, there, there's there's not a lot of those you know those are exceptions like like before McDavid there was Crosby and before Crosby you gotta go even further back you know so you can still have a, a like there's been plenty of centermen who have been like in their prime elite enough to lead their team to a Stanley Cup that haven't been generational players like McDavid but still in their prime as long as you set the team up properly and, and and time it well and obviously there's always luck involved and all that when it comes to the stanley cup because that's that that is the ultimate goal it's you, all these teams you look back they all have some, some 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 top line centers and i really think shane Wright can fill in that role and like i said i think he can have something to prove and talking about something to prove if the canadians don't draft him he will turn into and i'm calling this right now the biggest Habs killer of all time if the if the Canadians don't draft him, let's say he goes to New Jersey, every time we face New Jersey, he's going to score on us even more than Austin Matthews does in the regular season. You know, it's, 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 it's it's going to be deadly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Nah, I mean, man, they do, they can't pass up on him. Like, you know, uh, again, like I think, you know, he, he's obviously not, not that, not, not one of those top 10 guys, I don't think, but he's, he's going to, he's going to be one of the top 30 centers in the NHL for sure. Um, well, maybe not for sure, but I mean, he's got a very good chance of that. Again, I really don't think he can pass up on Suzuki and Wright as a, as a one-two punch at center for the next 15 years. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's not the, you know, if we look back 10 years from uh, you know from now he's I don't necessarily think he's going to be the guy with the most points um, you know I I could definitely see Slavkovsky potentially in 10 years having more points same thing with Logan Cooley um, you know but but at the end of the day I mean with even just his his floor I think it's going to be fantastic and in worst case I mean you know I think he's going to be a, a, a really solid second line center if 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 it doesn't pan out but uh, no, nah, with but, like with I, I don't this...
0: agree. Like, like I think I think he can end up being better than that. Like, I think you, you're you're overrating how many like good centers there are in the NHL. Like, the, if you look at the thirtieth, if you if you're just looking at points, the thirtieth the thirtieth like guy in the NHL last year, like it was guys like Ryan Johansson and Michael Grandlin and Chandler Stevenson. I mean. Hell, J.T. Miller was fifth in, in points for a centerman. I Nazem Kadri was was eighth. Like, he, he, Elias Lindholm was eleventh. Like, you don't think Shane Wright can get to that point? Like, like, uh, yeah, I think he absolutely can be in that conversation. He won't be in the like one, two, three spots with like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, maybe. But I think he 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 like could very very easily be in the kind of like. 10 to, to 10 to 20 range. Like I'm I'm not even talking 30, like 10 to 20, I think.
1: Yeah, no, Maybe I, I agree but especially yeah, yeah. in
0: his prime, you know?
1: No, no de- definitely. I mean, he can definitely be better than that. Like I'm saying like, like basically worst case, he'll yeah. be the one of those, you know, like, well, see, that's yeah, the thing. Worst be-
0: case, he's one of those guys. Whereas these other kids, worst case, they're way worse than that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, no, exactly. But like, I'm saying like a Slavkovsky potentially, you know, if he hits his ceiling, He's, he's, you know, a 40-goal scorer, possibly. Sure. But, you know, his his floor is, I mean, maybe, uh, anyway, like maybe not even make the NHL. Who knows? If his skills don't really translate, you know, he's maybe a guy that doesn't have a long career in the NHL. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think Wright's going to end up being the best player of the draft, but, like, just, you know, with, with his ceiling and his floor and, and, again, I mean, the fact that he's a center and that something the Habs, like you said, have needed for the last... Yeah. at least 20 years like they they, they can't pass up on the
0: is exactly. it's it's the smart pick and, it, and i don't think they're in a situation like it it it's there's no point in taking a risk basically you know you, you, you like you you like i i know some people sometimes they want to go like for the home run swing and all that but you don't do that with the first overall pick if you have one kid that you're like pretty confident that he at the very least will be like a 60 70 point guy that's excellent. You go, you go get that. And you, and you, and you, and you don't, you don't, you don't worry about it. You don't blink. You just go get it, you know? So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like part of me thinks that this is all, you know, fabricated drama for nothing. And, you know, and, and the, and the management on the, on the Habs side, I already have Shane Wright locked in as, as the, the, the the number one pick and their focus on the, on the later rounds, you know, like, so but we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think it's a slam dunk. You know, it it would have been a really interesting conversation if the Habs ended up with a second or third overall pick. Yeah, but, uh. absolutely, absolutely.
0: But it, for me, like, it wouldn't even be like Slavkovsky, honestly. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We should. I know we shouldn't look at it that this way. But it should be best player available. But like, like, I don't know, like like a winger is just like I, I I'm 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 looking at a centerman or a defenseman, right? Even if we didn't have first, I'm looking at Logan Cooley or even a a Nemec personally. But you know. I'm also not a scout so maybe I'm maybe I'm an idiot for looking at it that way but it's just it's just I don't tend to to gravitate for 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 the winger with that topic but then people will will talk about uh going for Kod Kinyemi over Kachuk a few years ago and sure but that's that's different like Kod it's not like Kinyemi when he was drafted was in any shape or form looked at as a surefire like even even like Bergeron at the time, like if you had a candid conversation with him, like so it's it's not it's not a relevant comparison, right? Like because I've seen some people make that comparison. It's like no man, this is a a a guy who was giving exceptional status as a 15 year old to play uh, in, in in the OHL and just has been primed. And I honestly believe, I honestly believe, if COVID never happened and we had all these seasons, like the season played out as it should last year and all that, I honestly believe this chain, Wright Would be a slam dunk. He would be an absolute slam dunk. He would have went through his, his normal kind of, and it's not just him. Like people aren't talking about enough about how like his team around him kind of sucked, you know, and he was asked to take over defensive responsibilities. He, he, he was played like his coach, uh, on, on the front next, like had, had some great quotes after the fact, talking about how, like he asked a lot of him, he wasn't playing him with the veterans. He was playing him with the kids. He was, he, he was like, Getting a lot of responsibilities from Shane Wright, so he wasn't allowed to be in a situation where he'll he'll blow up the the the, the, the scorecards. I don't I don't think that that's that's a bad thing. Like I, I think right away, like Kent Hughes and 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 and, and like and, and the Habs management called up the coach for for Shane Wright and Jr. and had a conversation with him. And if we're basing ourselves on, on what he said in that quote that was doing the rounds on Twitter, like if that doesn't give you confidence in the kid, I don't know what what will you know.
1: No, exactly, exactly. And hey, man, let's let, like you just said. He he started off in the OHL when he was 15 years old, and he scored as a 15 year old in the OHL. He scored 39 goals.
0: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: exactly. I mean, and then
0: the world got
1: shut down by a
0: by a pandemic. He missed an entire season of of of, of progression, and then people were like, "Oh, he started off slow after not <laughs> playing for a year as a 16 year old." Well, of course he did. Like I don't know. It just. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be a weird draft. There's going to be like, there's going to be guys picking the fifth round in this draft that are going to blow up. You know, you know what I mean? Like more than ever, probably this draft, there's going to be some kind of like random picks because of that year that was missed, but we got the previous year for Shane. Right. We, we, we know, we know, you know, anyways, we'll we'll see what happens It's just, I just, now I was just so looking forward to the lottery and now I just can't wait for the actual draft so we can just like pencil them in.
1: Plus in Montreal, of course. So I know better. I know,
0: and I mean that's another thing. I don't, like I don't know. Do they want to go for the controversial? Like we haven't even touched on this, but there's been like some small rumors about trading in a way. I just can't see Montreal trading in a way. Like unless it's like a ridiculous offer, you you want to make that
1: pick in Montreal, you know? Like. Yeah, I mean the one offer that I saw that I I mean I I don't understand why Arizona would do it. Yeah, but yeah. it would be the number three overall pick and Arizona's pick ne- first rounder next year, I mean, I've, I'm taking that all day. No,
0: 100%. But that I, I, I even think I, – I think – what's his name? It's uh Jeff Merrick. But I think he was just speculating. I don't think it was an actual rumor. I mean, one kind of alternative to that offer that I saw was, okay, so you f- swap the first for the third, and then – but yeah, this is, this is, this is probably, probably so you don't do this, but then instead of like getting Arizona's pick from next year, you just have the a conditional for next year where you get whichever of the Habs or the Arizona pick is the highest, you know, but I mean, even that, that, that that's, that's probably stupid for the Canadians to do that. You, you just draft Shane, right, man. Like, like you say, if they do offer that other trade, which there's no, no way they are, you take it, but just draft Shane, right. Move on with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think that 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 covers the Shane right for. I think our our opinion on the matter is uh, pretty uh, pretty clear. Uh, but uh, just let's just make sure Grant McCagnus and listen to our podcast, or else he'll call us out on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So let's uh, let's get into a bit of a, a bit of a season recap here. Uh. Now that we uh, went over the Shane right stuff. So let's start. Let's start with some positives, Dustin. There's been a lot of negatives this year. So outside of getting the first overall pick what what are the positive things you're going to look back on this season with the uh, with the Montreal Canadiens
1: i mean you know i don't think it's uh, you know it's a stretch to say that there haven't been too many positives this season nope but but you know i mean i think at the end of the day is that is is just that you know it went so bad that big time changes had to be made yeah you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it was an ugly season. It was terrible. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I think they got rid of the people that, that shouldn't have been there uh, or that, you know, sort of. Sort, that was, sort they they, of were, they were past
0: their time. They were past their yeah. time. Basically,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so and, and I think finally they have the right people in place at this point and you know for for all the suffering that that we had over the last uh, whatever 8 months or whatever it's been um i think the future is bright yeah the future i think
0: A- absolutely and and i i've mentioned this on on the podcast before but i i honestly believe the last year and 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 and, and like pretty much year like including last year's playoff run is pretty much as good as it could have been for the Montreal Canadiens, it, it's it, it worked out perfectly. I mean, the only thing that could have been better was actually winning the Stanley Cup, of course. But we we got this amazing run, we got the 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 making the finals on on, on St. Jean. Like, we're, we're going to remember that for the rest of our, our lives. And even though they didn't get the cup. I mean, at least we, we'll be able to look back fondly on the Shea Weber, Carey Price years, and 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 what Philip Dano did with the Montreal Canadiens, also, and and all that stuff. And we can that was an amazing memory. But let's not get clouded by that kind of miraculous run and forget that. The previous seasons are seasons where they they had multiple eight game losing streaks and they and they, they they almost slipped out of the playoffs twice. Shouldn't have made the playoffs the year before we squeaked in because of the, all the COVID rules and all that. This is a team that was in desperate need of a blow up. But they kept going on these crazy runs in the playoffs because of an, an elite goaltender that would just find it inside of him to 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 perform in the playoffs and an elite defenseman and shea weber also that was able to bring step his game up for the playoffs and all that and were able to carry them but then for then for it to completely fall apart and force their hand and kind of just tearing it all down it's the best case scenario because it really needed to happen and like i i don't like if i look back on on the bergeron years in montreal like i'll still look back on them fondly i mean if if anything he was a very exciting GM to have. I mean, th- there was our, our fair share of big moves were made, and it wasn't just that Cup run. There were some conference finals appearances and all that, and, and, and they'll be known as the Bergevin and Price years and all that. It, it was a good time. But it was time for a change because they definitely were stuck in their old ways. And if you just go on the Canadian's YouTube channel and you watch it, interviews with uh, with the new Habs management, it's just it's a breath of fresh air, man. It's 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 just. It's just it's just so nice to see they're so open about like just like for example the petri thing how they're super open about like like uh, the talks and all that and it's just a new way of running a business and and just looking at at the whole cole caulfield story where we we heard about how uh, chantal maccabi told him to just be himself and be 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 his per like let his person personality fly and I mean, we, we, we love to give like, like St. Louis the, the, the credit for, for his success. And he's a, of course part of it, but I'm sure that is part of it too. Right. Cause he, he, he needed to be able to kind of be himself and all that. And just, he looked happier on the ice afterwards, you know, like I, I, I that the whole culture change that happened with the team was worth this season alone. And I think that's what we'll hold back on and, and be like grateful for. And it was all worth it in the end because of that.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it, for all the pain that we've suffered over the last couple of months, yeah, like you said, though, I mean, you know, over the last 12 months, it's basically gone, is as, as good as it possibly could have gone. We had some amazing memories, but but now, you know, we've we've I think we've made the corrections that we needed to, and and I think it's going to set us up for a good future. Um, you know, and and Martin Saint Louis, I mean, ever since he came in too, I mean, we saw, you know, a lot of the kids sort of you know get 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 into more of his own i mean like you know nick suzuki obviously he really didn't get off to a great start to the season but he finished you know he finished with the 21 goals 61 points i mean cole caulfield i mean the season the beginning of the season that he got off to he had what one goal in the first 29 games i think and he finishes the season with 23 point uh, 23 goals and 43, and, and,
0: and 43 points yeah and like if you look at that that on its own like if, if you if you don't know how the, how his season started and you just look at the stats the like 23 goals 20 assists for 43 points in 67 games is a very strong rookie season right like it's not like a Calder winning like rookie season but like there's been phenomenal, like, future Hall of Fame NHL hockey players that have had worse rookie seasons. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very, very good rookie season. And, and, and like, when you then remember that he started off so horribly, it just uh, – it, it just signs of positives to come. And also just – they were so much more fun to watch because, like, let, let, let's be honest, though. It's not like they – they lit the world on fire with understanding we either, right? Like they still finished last and, and they would have basically been almost last. E- even if you just consider the, the, the same Louis time, like they had like a, what a nine game losing streak towards the end of the year. But even while they were losing, I mean, it was all, also after the trade deadline, after they kind of like moved away so many important pieces. Right. So the, I think, I don't think any Habs fan was like upset at them losing towards the end. If anything, we wanted to get that, that the top chance at the top pick, but it was so much more, interesting to watch even if they were losing they looked more engaged they looked like like especially the young guys like they they wanted to win versus at the beginning of the year it was it was absolutely so the most depressing i've ever been watching canadians hockey the, the first couple of months of the season like the shambles months of the season it was horrible absolutely horrible
1: oh, yeah, especially like at the end i mean like the the, the last Two or three weeks under Duchamp was just—I mean, the, the the team were obviously done listening to him, and yeah, and yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously a big turnaround under uh, under Saint Louis. You know, they didn't have, they didn't finish the season too strong, but uh, you know, hopefully, well, assuming obviously Saint Louis is going to be back, you know, I think they'll hopefully he'll put in the systems. You know, everything is going to be good to go for the for the beginning of next season and and you know I mean hopefully we can see the see the kids continue to progress cuz really at the beginning of the season like under Duchamp, it it was hard to find any bright spots like oh absolutely I, yeah. you know i don't think there was really any players that that had a good season really under him and then once Week Louis come, came in i mean it was hard to think of a player that that didn't get yeah. better after Duchamp yeah. came uh, in uh, absolutely absolutely and, and
0: and it's not like 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 we like we talked about it and like at the beginning of the year, if you go back to, to our season preview, it's it's not like we were expecting after the cup run that Habs to run it back and to be amazing. Like we expected them to struggle and to, I, I, during the playoff run last year, I was saying they're not going to make the playoffs next year. Like I, I had no way expecting them to be able to come out of this gauntlet of an Atlantic division that they're in. And if, if anything, the timing to be bad is perfect because they were never going to sneak into that top four anyways. So what's the point, right? but it was more than just losing right it was the way they were losing and how just seemingly uninterested they were and and also how like okay, it's it's a transition year, we get it, but it's like Dusham and, and Bergeron hadn't accepted that it was a transition year. Like they they, they they didn't understand that that's what needed to happen and they weren't playing the kids. They weren't letting the, the kids progress, as w- which is what the season needed to be. So for, for me, that's really the main bright spot, right? Suzuki having a great year, Caulfield having that great second half, and also Romanov, I thought, like just got better and better and better as the season progressed. And he's a huge, huge, huge piece. Like, not that I think he'll necessarily be a number one, I mean, it's probably a better shot that ultimately, like, uh, a Caden um, may maybe eventually turns into the, the number one for for Montreal. But he, he he definitely proved this year that he can be a solid top four defenseman for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And, and, like, just, just kept getting better. And you, you can feel that, that he loves the energy feeding off the crowd and all that. And I, I think he's going to be a fan favorite in Montreal for years, to, for years in uh, Romanov, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, you know, even some of the other guys that we saw a little bit at the end of the season, I mean, Jordan Harris definitely didn't look out of place, Justin Barron, I mean, he only played a couple of games, but I mean, you know, yeah. he definitely showed some positives too, I mean, there, there's a lot to look forward to for sure, and, you know, it's it, it it's going to be, you know, I mean, next season, you know, I, I they're probably not going to make the playoffs either, but, uh, but it's, it's going to be an exciting season anyway, just to see how some of these kids oh, progress.
0: Oh, for sure, just to watch Shane Wright play, right? um yeah and and like and if those are the best parts and i guess we already talked about the worst parts basically by saying it was the sham time but also it's worth mentioning the injuries like you just said justin baron justin baron was i think the injury that pissed me off the most because at that point i was so over like like Like, finally, okay, well, the season's over, but we're getting to see these kids play. Like, uh, I'm actually excited to watch again, watching Jordan Harris and Justin Barr. And then he gets that stupid, like, fluky injury. Like, the amount of bad, like, like even fully healthy, I wouldn't have expected this team to make the playoffs. But no team, even the best team in the NHL, is probably not making the playoffs if they have as many injuries as the Canadians have. and And injuries to top guys, too. Like, it's just... It it can't be this bad next year. Like, I don't think they're making the playoffs next year, but I don't think they'll be last in the league either. Maybe like 10th last, you know, something along those lines. But, man, the injuries were depressing this year.
1: I know. Before the season even got started, right? We lost Shea Weber and Kerry Price. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously not a good omen to begin the season, but. But uh, no, nah, I mean it's it's it, I I don't expect them to be the worst team in the NHL next season. Uh, yeah, I, I think like you said, I mean around 20th, uh, 20th to 25th would probably be uh, be the spot I expect them to be I mean, obviously, I mean they, we we're not even in the off season yet. Who knows what kind of moves they're gonna make? But. See, well,
0: that that's the thing, right? So so let's let's talk about that. Like that, my my thing. As much as I've loved management so far. They haven't won me over 100% yet because I need to see what they're gonna do in the off season, right? Because we we keep hearing these rumors about like there was these rumors about them going to go get like Chris Letang, because uh, I mean I don't know if you you've heard a little bit about the the news there, but apparently they kind of lowballed him and Crosby's pissed off because they lowballed Letang and 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 Malkin and all that. So and so maybe they're out of town, but like. Like, that, that that sounds like the type of move that Bergevin would go for. I thought we were past that, right? Like, uh, th- this next season, this, to me, is not a season where you want to go be getting some, like, veteran guys like that. Like, like maybe some veteran guys to help the kids along, but not like a Chris Letang. It doesn't make any sense. And it, I don't think, at least. And, uh, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I really, I, I can't wait for the offseason to start because I'm not sure what they're going to do, and I'm extremely curious to see how they're going to
1: go about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to think that Chris Letang probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, even for him, doesn't make... Well, I guess he has his cups. Maybe you know, that's the thing,
0: yeah. He just wants to finish his course. career in Montreal, you know, that kind of thing.
1: You know, but but yeah, it d- doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, I mean, maybe they will be looking for, for a little bit of veteran leadership because, again, I mean, there, there's a lot of young defensemen on this team, um, you know, and, and I think even Kent Hughes has said that he doesn't expect them all to be in the lineup you know, maybe to begin the season, but like they're not going to be, they're they're probably not going to be rolling Romanov, Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, and Matthias Norlander all in one game, right? You know, they're going to want to have at least two or three veteran defensemen. Obviously, I mean they have Joel Edmondson, they have uh, David Savard, um, Jeff Petrie is is a pretty big question mark. But uh, no, I don't think Latang makes a whole lot of no, sense. No, yeah,
0: I mean Petrie is pretty much a guarantee that he's going to leave the way they were talking about him. It's just what kind of return are uh, are the canadians going to get and he actually ended the season kind of strong petrie uh i feel like his like his only motivation was to like i i feel like the the habs went to petrie and were like look we want to trade you but you've been so bad this year that no one wants you so maybe, you know, step it up a little bit for the end of the season I and mean, we can find some takers, right? Because he, he did end up putting up some points and it was actually looking like he was trying. And 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 there was a few games where he was skating around there and I was like, why, Jeff? Why are you, <laughs> like, now able to do this? Like, like, what 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 was going on? And so I, I think that ship has sailed and, and he's going to get traded no matter what. But I'm hoping that that kind of, like, push at the end there can motivate a team to, to go again because I think he's still, like, he can be an excellent defenseman, but clearly, you know... For him to be good, his wife needs to ha- be happy. I guess is is is, is, is how, <laughs> how he's gonna be for the rest of his career. So, I I can't wait to see what that move is because I, I I have no idea. I can't even make a prediction on what kind of return we're gonna get for Jeff Petrie.
1: No, it's yeah. Jeff Petrie is really one that like it. It's really tough to say because it it you know like. Basically, at the trade de- trade deadline, it was all over the place. It was oh, you know, it, from one one side of the spectrum, it was uh, you know, the Canadians could potentially get a second round pick and a prospect for him, and on the on the other side, the Canadians would have to give up something for for another team to take him. So, you know, it, now obviously, I mean, he, he finished pretty well down the uh, down the stretch, but you know, I I, I I'm sure there's going to be teams lining up to get well, maybe not lining up to get them, but there's definitely going to be some teams that are going to be interested in them. And you know, I mean, Pittsburgh, who looks like they're lo- they're going to be losing Chris Letang, could definitely be a team that they that's, might be interested in them. That's a
0: very good point. Uh, that that actually it, it, that's an ex- excellent point. And if because if they want to keep Crosby happy, and the game, I'm assuming they're not going to start a rebuild while Crosby's still in the NHL and still an effective player, right? So that actually could be a, a fantastic fit. And his his 6.25 cap hit is, is probably a lot closer to, to the type of money they, 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 they want to pay for to someone uh, versus what, I, I don't know how much Tang's expecting. So that, that can be an interesting fit. Uh, I mean, the idea that we'd have to, the Canadians would have to pay to get rid of Petrie, I don't agree with that. Like, I, I, I don't think, like, maybe they need to, I don't know if they would want to retain salary because there's so many years left on his contract, but, like, if Jeff Petrie was a free agent right now, like this this off season even with the bad year he just had he'd still get a very good contract like if not the same contract maybe like you know 3 years 5 million but yeah. not anything less than that and that's not that far off what he's already getting paid anyways you know
1: no, exactly. So I I really don't think the Habs are gonna have much trouble getting rid of him. Um, you know, Pittsburgh and and Dallas too has been uh, because it looks True. like they're gonna lose Klingberg. Well, even at the deadline, they were one of the teams that uh, that were apparently interested in him. So, you know, I and and I'm sure there's a lot of other teams too. A right handed defenseman. I mean, it's you know, again, he got he awful at the beginning of the season. We all know that. But but you know, if if Jeff Petrie can play up to maybe not necessarily the standard that we've seen him at his top times in the, with the Habs, but you know to, to Jeff Petrie playing an average Jeff Petrie game is 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 a is a solid defenseman, definitely a top four defenseman, no doubt.
0: No, absolutely, especially if he gets put into a situation with a team uh, that like like a uh, Dallas, for example, like he doesn't he doesn't slot in as the number one defenseman there, right? He he he'd be behind some some so, some some good players there already, so like maybe then. Yeah, it's it's at this point of of his career like better for him and maybe he's not the player that can step in to be the number one guy you know in, in place of Shea Weber like he did in the past but you know if he's playing behind a guy like Shea Weber with a with a kind of a solid stay at home defenseman next to him he he can he can really perform so yeah I I, I just I just knowing the way NHL GMs tend to like give crazy contracts to aging veterans and all that like I I'd be shocked if they can't get anything for him but. The, the 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 question is what we we're gonna get, but the, I think the bigger question is what other moves are gonna happen. Like, like, do you do you expect any kind of like
1: significant unrestricted free agent signings this year? Definitely not. I mean, I no. I, I think that, like Kent Hughes's biggest job in this off season is gonna be to try to unload some of the some of the bigger contracts. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and and well, I actually asked this on Twitter, and and we did get one uh, one response here from Phil T. Uh, You know, and he he pointed out, and I mean, we just touched on this. They they should try to find a dance partner for Petrie, although we will be thin at D. Uh, I'm not sure he is a leader that I want on the team at this point. Also try to find a dance partner for Hoffman. Um, You know, and and Hoffman's definitely going to be one of those guys that that I'm sure they're going to try to move.
0: See, that's Um, one I can see being very hard to move.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't But look, don't forget
0: like when we signed Hoffman, right? Hoffman was a UFA for like three months last year. And then he signed in Montreal. Like, do you think Montreal was his first pick or do you think no one else was knocking?
1: No, definitely not. You know, (laughs) that's what I'm saying.
0: And so it's, 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 I think it's going to be tough. He didn't have an atrocious. It's like looking at his stats for Hoffman to me, looking at the other, the half stats for the season Hoffman's stats, the most shocking, I mean, no one had a great season really like outside of 61 points for Suzuki, but he's number three on the list after Suzuki and Caulfield was with 15 goals, 20 assists, 35 points in 67 games, which is not like incredible, but it's not awful either. Right. That's some good, like complimentary scoring. But at the same time, like I actually watched the games and Hoffman is terrible.
1: So, no, exactly. Like, he's just one of
0: those players that just gets so like you need to find a team that has terrible pro scouting, I guess, because sure he gets the points, but I don't think he's a net positive on an NHL hockey team at this point.
1: No, definitely. I mean, yeah, to, if you just take a look at his points, it's not too bad, but like when you when you see how bad he is in his own zone and and, and the effort that he sh- that he regularly shows, which which is obviously very lacking. Um, you know, he, he needs to put up more than 35 points to, to sort of balance out his shitty defense. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we agree that we would just give him away for free, right?
0: Like for like a seventh round pick. Okay. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. Like he's, he is getting a little bit older. He's 32 years old now. He's, you know, he's, he's sort of lost a step, uh, two years left on his deal. 4.5 million. I think it's 4.5 million. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's 4.5. Yeah. I but um, I mean I wouldn't be shocked. He's he's not the guy that I think is the hardest to move. No. To it, you know. Uh, so I'm not I'm not gonna be shocked at the if they move him. Like you said, I mean you're probably getting like a five or a six or a seventh round pick. Um but yeah you know i hopefully they can move them and again i like i think that's going to be the big thing here for ken hughes is they got to move some move some contracts so starting wh- off with who Jim.
0: else are the canadians trying to move then who who else is because to me hoffman and petrie are the are the big ones outside of those two i don't think no one is like i think they want to hold on to anderson i think they, they like what he brings and uh like i like him what he brings on on the line with uh uh, well, I mean, I guess Gallagher is the one I'm kind of jumping over, but his contract's kind of impossible to move. Let's be honest, but like Dvorak finished a year really strong and he's still, still just 26 years old. Uh, I know you're going to say Armia, uh, sure. I, I think we could find takers for, for Armia. Paul Byron only has one year left on his contract. So, so for me, one year left on the contract for Paul Byron at 3.4. I mean, I'm not upset if he stays on the team, finish out his contract, and then he moves on. Because he's a type of veteran. You want to have some veteran presence in the locker room, right? And he's a type of veteran I don't mind holding on to just kind of like Gallagher at the same time, too. Gallagher, I'd want to move on from him eventually, but like I'm not in a rush to move on from him now, if if you know what I mean, right? Because it's not like we need his cap space to be able to pay someone else to be able to win now, kind of thing, you know. But like if we end up signing, like drafting some good players, and in a few years when those players need contracts and and Gallagher's even dropped even more, and he, we're still paying him 6.5, that's when we're trying to kind of like uh, unload him somehow. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not in a rush, and I, anyways, I don't know if we'd be able to move him. Plus he's got the no movement clause, so.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, well, for Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak, I mean, they're, for me, they're definitely staying. They're going to be yeah. a part of, the, part of the future of this team. I mean, Dvorak, again, we know he got off to a terrible start to the season, like most of the Canadians. He got injured. Um, you know, one, once he was, he was healthy at the end of the season, like yeah. he had a pretty good end of the season. Um, you know, Josh Anderson, I think anyone that listens to this podcast knows the love-hate relationship that I have with Anderson, but, you know, what he brings to the table, his skill set is so unique, uh, you know, I think I think you have to keep him. Um, I mean, aside from that, like, like you just said, Paul Byron is his last year, he's got one year left, same thing with Dwayne, those were two, two guys that, you know, I wouldn't mind moving, but being maybe, in the last maybe, year. Maybe they're their
0: changing. deadline deals, too, you know.
1: Yeah, that could definitely make sense. Uh, Army is definitely a guy that I would move. Um, you know, three years left at 3.4. I knew this was going to happen as soon as, as soon as he signed the contract. But, uh, I don't know if you could get much for, for Joel, for Joel Armia though.
0: I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Cause, uh not isn't, it didn't he score like a crazy goal in the, in the world championships or something. Isn't
1: yeah. He, he, been, doing... he has been
0: playing pretty good in the world championships. Yeah, Cause but... I honestly think that Armia in the right situation could be 100% worth 3.4 million. Like that's not that crazy of, of a contract for for Armia. Um but you know, maybe I'm just a fool because and I just remember the good 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 days and I, I keep forgetting the bad. I mean, it, it's not like he's like it's like that we talked about Hoffman where he hurts the team when he's playing bad. I don't think Armia has ever like hurting the team. He just maybe sometimes disappeared disappears a little bit, but I don't know, I I I think a team like if I'm a team that's looking for some like Complementary scoring I'd rather have Armia than Hoffman 100 percent
1: uh yeah 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 I guess that makes sense I mean yeah Armia is is responsibly defensive defensively yeah, exactly uh, like know, Hoffman's
0: he, gonna score more yeah. but he's yeah. gonna cost you more too you know what I mean like I'm looking at his stats
1: now the 14 points in 60 games yeah that is pretty bad Holy <laughs>
0: Oh uh, man, I mean, he he played like fourth line minutes all year. Though, like I remember, like when he signed last year, the the biggest surprise for me was that Armia actually wanted to sign back in Montreal. Yeah, that's true. That that that's what surprised me because he had had a really good playoffs and all that, and I thought he'd go somewhere where he wouldn't slot in as at the bottom. Because like, if you look at his time on ice per game, he's like twenty fifth on the team. Like he he really played as a fourth liner this year, you know. So. I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 hard to tell.
1: But yeah, you know, potentially, I wouldn't be overly shocked if they moved him. But again, you're not you're not getting a whole lot for. You.
0: No, no, definitely. <laughs> the, the the only one that I think I do think the Canadians could get some value for is, is is Petrie. Like I do think we can get like none nothing crazy, but like some value for. But I I, I do think that the the main pieces that brought us value were were moved at the deadline already because. Uh, aside from that, I don't think there's anyone else. No, like you so, said, I
1: mean Gallagher. I'd I'd love to move him if the opportunity came up, which I very much doubt it's going to. No, uh,
0: exactly.
1: and you know, I mean the, the leadership that he brings anyway.
0: No, exactly, you know. exactly. You gotta keep some leadership, and like I said, it's not like we're we're trying to win next year and need his cap space. You know what I mean? Like it's not as urgent. Like it, to me, it's more urgent to move a guy like Hoffman where I don't like the way he plays and, and or a Petrie where I don't like his attitude and like, and, and, and I don't want that to kind of affect the, the kids, right? Gallagher say what you will about how much his game has dropped off. And maybe he has a bounce back. Like I'm, I'm assuming he was like plagued with injuries all season, But, I mean, he probably will be for the rest of his career. But, like, it's obviously extra bad, like, coming off a cup run, you know. uh, Like, maybe he has a bit of a bounce back, you know. Not back to where he was, but not as bad as he was this season kind of thing. But no matter what, in the locker room, with the kids, he is a positive to have on the team.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Definitely, you know, he definitely brings a positive influence to the team, no doubt about it. Um and you know, I mean what one of the other players that could be moved, um, you know, that, that's been talked about is is actually Shea Weber and just his contract. Right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, uh, you know, from from what I from uh you know, I think from what we've seen uh, and even Ken Hughes has mentioned is that it almost happened, um, Yeah. I believe at the deadline. Yeah and you know, I think it could definitely happen because his contract for a team like Arizona who we know all the issues they're going through right now. They want like a contract like Shea Weber's, where it's going to count almost eight million dollars on the salary cap, but in reality they're only paying him I think three million dollars this season. That's that's pretty valuable. Yeah. Now I'm not saying we're necessarily going to get anything for him, but uh, no, de-
0: definitely definitely not. If anything, usually when these moves happen, it's the the, the team moving the player that ends up giving like a a bit of a pick
1: or something but i you know because of how good how valuable it would it it could be to arizona i mean maybe you give up like a late round pick but i really don't think you're gonna have to give up too too much if if anything
0: yeah, I, I I don't I don't, I don't know, man. maybe you're right, but like is 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 there any other team that here, here's the thing too? I think just for the optics of it, and I know this is completely crap, but just for the optics of it, like there I part of me thinks that the league wouldn't let it happen, like unless Arizona gets some sort of benefit out of it. Do you know what I mean? Because it just yeah. looks so bad for the league.
1: Yeah, maybe a late round pick, but I mean it's it's not the first time they've done it, right? I mean they've. I believe I, – I think it's them that took on Marion Hossa. I know they've taken on Pavel Datsuk. Uh, yeah, it, not-
0: anytime there's an older, uh, like formerly great NHL player in, in the video game NHL and he has like a hut card that's like 74 overall, he's always on Arizona. They always forget that they're there. I think like, like Zetterberg, like you said, was there and all that. Yeah, so it's our turn. We, we we're we allowed to do it now. <laughs>
1: But uh, and then and then f- finally, I mean, one one other guy that's just got one year, I believe, only one year left on his contract, Jake Allen. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with the goaltenders. Yeah, that because it's it, that yeah, the goaltending is such a
0: big question mark. I mean, do, do you think Carey Price retires? Uh, I mean, or like, well, first of all, would it be a retirement or would it be another Shea Weber situation, where he just can't play? I mean, I get the feeling he's not ready to retire, but then he said that whole thing in the last game, that he played the last game as if it was his last career game. I, I really don't know, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I mean, you know, anyway, we haven't even started the offseason yet. I mean, I'm sure there's there's going to be developments at some point. Uh, I, I mean, it, to, to me, like, just the one thing that I hope is that this doesn't drag on forever is that we have a definitive answer soon one way or another, either he's coming back, he's going to be, you know, he's, he's planning to play full time uh, or, or he's retiring or, you know, even yeah. maybe, maybe a Shea Weber situation, but you know, I, I don't want it to, to, to be what happened last season, where it was, is he going to be back the whole season? Uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's good for the team. I don't think it's good for morale. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a good situation. You know, they, they need to know where they're headed as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, it just sounds like that that knee injury that keeps like flaming up and all that is kind of like they just don't know yet. So it's, it's just time will tell. But at the same time, I, I get what you're saying. But for me, Price has earned the right with his time in Montreal to to take all the time he needs to to, to make his decision. But I I doubt that he likes this too, right? Like I'm sure he hates this whole, whole like uh, like being in the news constantly. Will he come back? When he come back and all that. And I mean just the way he acted in the last game of the season where he was saying those things about, I prepared as if it's my last game ever uh, tells me that he, he he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have another season like he just had. Right. He doesn't want to do that either. Or, or or even like, even if it was just like, let's say he can't play next year too, for whatever reason, then I almost want it to be definitive. Like he is not playing for the full season. And that's that he might come back next year. Then that's not as bad as like, every single day getting like pictures and videos of him on the ice and all that, you know, you know, cause it's the media here, right? It's so, it's so crazy, but yeah, I don't, it's it, it, so now if price doesn't come back, uh, are they going into the next year with Jake Allen and, and Mol-Tambu as was the one too.
1: I mean, I, I, I would go with that. Yeah, personally. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, Jake Allen, I think, you know, he's a pretty decent goaltender. Uh, multiple I thought got, you know played played better down the stretch um you know he he didn't start off the season very well but as time went on he seemed to get more and more comfortable um and you know i mean it, it neither one of them had greats the same thing for carrie price i mean they, they were not playing behind the best team either right so, of course that's, but but that's yeah
0: but they might be playing against like if we're talking about the defense specifically you know like it's David Savar and Joel Edmondson and and Romanov and a bunch of kids, you know, like unless they make some acquisitions. So it's not like it's going to be that much better.
1: So no, I'd, I'd be down. I'd be yeah. down for, uh, for Alan
0: Moulton. And you know? Alan, for me, he, if he is going to be moved, is he uh, he seems like a perfect deadline move. Uh, Yo, yeah. Like the like kids, like that type of a team that can take on like at that point his. It's like 2.875 salary is like is, is minuscule, and a lot of teams could take him on. And, and not that I think a, a cup contending team would want him to be their starter, but he he he'd be a great addition as like a security backup, you know, for for a team that needs that number two in case of injury. And I think we all know how great Allen can be as number two. Like I don't think he's a number one, uh, but um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I I kind of if if they definitely like if they know for sure prices and back next year. I think they signed someone. I think they signed like like not, not a big name, but just someone to compliment uh, Jake Jake Allen to be more of a of of a fifty fifty role. Uh, because Jake Allen's not a starter. He's just not. He's a great backup, but he's not a starter. And and Mont-Tambu, I don't know, maybe he'd be good in the AHL. I don't know. Right, come on, let's be honest here. Like Mont-Tambu's not a good goaltender. Come on. Like <laughs> he, not- he's he's had some okay games, but eh, okay. Like sometimes he lets in goals that I feel like you could stop. So. Okay. I'm a pretty good goalie. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should go try out for the Canadians. <laughs> uh. Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah. So I guess I mean that's all we know for now. Like, I mean, I can't wait for the off season to start. I mean, I actually have been enjoying uh, a little bit of uh, of playoff hockey this year. I usually don't watch playoff hockey if it's not the Canadians at all. I think it's because usually once the Canadians are out like I've already went through the emotions of like being way too stressed for a sports team <laughs> than I should be that like once the Canadians are done, I just kind of need to move on from it. But since the, like I've been checked out basically as I'm sure most house fans have been about like, like I've been like following the Canadians and the progression of the players and all that, but I, like, I haven't really cared about them winning or losing for, for months. So I, I feel like I haven't, I don't have that baggage of of caring for a team for a whole season. So I've been able to actually enjoy the, the playoffs uh, this year, so it's, uh, it's it's a good time. I mean, we're gonna get battle of Alberta tonight. It's it's kind of fun to be able to to just enjoy it and not to be stressed out about it, you know.
1: And yeah, I mean, best part of the season was watching Toronto lose. I mean, yeah, that was uh, my favorite part of every season.
0: <laughs> it, it's just too bad that it was to Tampa Bay because I don't want to be cheering for Tampa Bay, you know, after last year. But I do agree that I, I prefer Toronto losing than Tampa Bay winning. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, I mean, at this point though, it's almost like it's just. It's almost like pity more than anything, right? Like, I have, I almost have pity for them. And then that whole thing with Marner that happened the next day, man, man, like t- Toronto is wild, man. Like, I don't know. Are they going to blow it up? I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, t- t- time will tell. It's just, it's just nuts. Like, it, it, like, like, we don't, it, it's crazy to think the Toronto Maple Leafs roster over the last like five years has been so much better than the Montreal Canadiens roster on paper. And the Canadians, even despite this last season, have had so much bit more playoff success than the Toronto Maple yep. uh, <laughs> and it's just uh, it's it's just pretty funny. Uh, all right, so I, I guess we should end it off then with uh, talking about uh, about the Rocket. I mean, Rocket, we always keep, yeah, keep the Rocket for last, but big uh, big win the other day. I mean, what, the, were they down like two nothing in the third? Came back to tight and went in overtime to clinch the
1: series. What a game, man! Down two nothing, they come back. Cedric Paquette ties it up with uh, I think 38 or 39 seconds left, and then they they win it in OT in Syracuse. I mean, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. I mean, they they've really been playing super well. Uh, and I mean, really, their MVP of the series, Caden Primo. Caden Primo. I, mean, I did. You know. Did
0: you see that clip of Primo walking into the locker room after the game and just like letting out of like a howl, like in celebration, he was so hyped. That was, that was,
1: that was, that was nice to see. That was nice to see for sure. And it's, yeah, you know, for all the criticism he's got and, and, you know, even from us and, and deservedly so, I mean, the, you know, the wave really, he hasn't really progressed a whole lot over really the last two seasons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he finished off the season pretty strong. He really even sort of lost, maybe his number one spot at one point to Kevin yeah. Um But I mean, yeah, he, you know, he, he really sees the opportunity. He actually didn't even play game one of the series um, when they lost. And uh, you know, but, but when he got in there, I mean, he, he was their absolutely their MVP. And, and I mean, really, I would say a deep reason that they're moving on.
0: If he if, they, if he goes on a bit of a run and keep, continues playing well, th- this could be the thing that kind of turns his 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 career around overall. Because we we've talked about this before. I think we've talked about it recently. The, the when when you when you watch Primo in the NHL, it doesn't tend to be necessarily like the technical aspect of his game that is lacking, but you can see it in his eyes that he's terrified like he he just he doesn't seem to have the 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 mental fortitude yet to like be an nhl goaltender and this type of experience in the ahl if he can go on a bit of a run with the rocket i think this could do huge 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 things for his confidence moving forward for, for for his career so i mean I, I hope we keep seeing more of Primo kind of performing at the, uh, the AHL. And how about Pocket? Paquette? Pocket's a great example of a player that is just not skilled enough to be in the
1: NHL because he's killing it in the AHL, but he was so terrible in the NHL. Dude, man. Ever since being sent down, he has been just murdering it. Like, he had ten, ten points, he nine goals in 14 games, 10 points. Um, I mean, so, so, Pocket has been. He was huge but in getting him into the there, play.
0: There's there's players like that, man. There's players that just they don't have quite that little extra step you need for the NHL, but they 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 kill it in the AHL. I mean, yeah, I think he because he, he was horrible in Montreal this year, like one of the worst players that on the worst team in the NHL, and then he gets <laughs> to the AHL and he's phenomenal. So I maybe 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 he can embrace that and just have one of those like AHL careers that you see sometimes players have, which is hey. It's still pretty good money to play hockey professionally. I mean it's nothing wrong with that. Sure you gotta ride the bus a little bit, but you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, man, but uh no definitely exciting stuff. I mean, can't wait to see. I definitely definitely gotta go check out a game here, uh, you know, in, in the second well, the third round, technically. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely exciting how huh? I mean we went to a game a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was awesome, a great game over there they The, the actual well.
0: game wasn't great, but the actual the atmosphere was great though. The the and like the the production value it's like I I don't think there's any doubt that like even not just minor hockey, I feel like minor sports in North America, Laval must be near the top of like the best production value for some like minor sports uh, to go see live. It's you're really getting a mini version of going to see a, a Habs game. So it's, it, it, it's definitely worth it. And any predictions for, uh, for, for this series who they matched up against for the, the third round?
1: Uh, well, we still don't actually know. Um, game it's going to be Game Five tomorrow okay. uh, of the other North Division semifinals. So it's either going to be U- the Utica Comets who finished in first, uh, or the Rochester Americans who actually finished in fifth. So
0: okay, so we're hoping for
1: an upset by the Rochester Americans tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, even though I mean the Utica Comets were by far the top team in the division, but the can they not the Canadians. The Rocket have, have typically played pretty well against them okay. this season. So. Either way, I mean, Jean-Francois Ul, the, the head coach of the Rocket, has got them playing some really awesome hockey. If Kaden Primo can continue it, I mean, you know what? And I, I think they can, they can beat either either team. And and who knows, man? Like, let's not forget, man. Carey Price, when he his first professional season, he went down to the Laval Rocket after he finished junior, and or not the Rocket, but who are they? In that, they were the, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs at the that Bulldogs, point. yeah. And uh, ended up winning the Calder Cup, so hope maybe maybe Primo can do the same thing.
0: I mean that that be that be pretty amazing if, uh, if Primo could do that. And hopefully, I mean the the main reason for the, to cheer for the the fifth place team to make it is if at least if the Rock can have have home ice advantage, there'll be more home games and they can actually show most of the games on TV. Because like they couldn't even like broadcast the the deciding game, right? Because Syracuse isn't set up to have a visiting team show up to, to for the broadcast or something stupid like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's been kind of well I don't have RDS and I didn't want to pay for the AHL, AHL TV which is like nine dollars a day or something crazy so I was just listening out to the radio and even watching it on the radio with Anthony Marquette, uh yeah was uh I was pretty exciting <laughs> pretty exciting to hear to hear him. Uh, him for that that OT goal.
0: Yeah, the, the we're, we're we're lucky
1: to have Marquita as the voice of the of of the
0: Rocket. He, uh, I mean, if you have any interest in the Rocket, you got to follow him on Twitter. He is the the person to kind of follow for the Rocket. He just knows the team
1: inside out. Yeah, but uh, no exciting times for sure. I mean, we got the Canadians aren't in the playoffs, but the Laval Rocket. I mean, they're uh, they're they're doing pretty good, and hopefully they can make uh they can continue this solid run.
0: All right, so I think that does it for uh, for this week's episode. I think, I mean, I know we haven't been uh, consistent. I think it's been about a month and a half since uh, since the last episode, but hey, I mean, like it's not like that much happened. But now, uh, the the draft's coming, soon. I'll probably be our next episode probably just before the draft. But as always, follow us at the Habs Forum on twitter to to know when we're uh when we're gonna go uh, go live uh and to uh well not go live but you know what i'm trying to say and ask us some questions we love asking your twitter questions and as always thank you for listening and uh we'll talk to you